Last week on the 70s Weekly Countdown with Mark and Pete. Friend and loyal listener and former co-worker Mike T. And he gave me his home brew, which I'm going to do a quick real-time review of here. It's a chocolate coconut stout. Coconut, uh, if you hadn't told me it was there, I probably wouldn't have noticed it, but definitely the chocolate. So, Well, your, your palate is very unsophisticated growing up with uh, boiled dinner. Right. Yeah, yeah, and Funyuns. Miller High Life uh, <laughs> back in, PBR back in the Oh, now that Alexa's talking at me, can you hear it? <laughs> yeah. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. But isn't big government listening to you through it? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Serpentine Fire is a yoga concept. And where your final awareness can be achieved by envisioning the body as a serpent. So, yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. good song. Like Rudy Tomjanovich, his, <laughs> his spinal fluid was leaking out, right? Yeah. And now I have the hit song by the man who predicted six years before it happened the exact year when he would become rich and famous. Nostradamus? Goal-oriented people and nobody. Preskin? Composer, producer, and singer, Barry Preskin. White. Preskin. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Sean Kessie has been married three times, and he has eight children, and he turned 65 oh in September, so he's eligible for Medicare. And uh, so call and check your zip code. <laughs> Sean Cassidy. <laughs> Most successful. Okay, wait, here comes... Shut up, shut up, shut up. Precious and few are the moments we two can share. <laughs> All right, so 1980. And how much was it? $12.5 million. Holy crap. So 12, 5, 0, 0, 0, 0, right? Calculate. That's four and a half million dollars now. Four point six. I'll do the Mark Roback. Four point six, six seven three three nine and twenty cents. Wait, wow. what did you say? Forty six? No, four point six. Well, how 4. could that 6 be? Million dollars. It was twelve point five million dollars when she. <laughs> you, you did it wrong. <laughs> Got to be oh, more. Yeah, right. <laughs> a forty six, oh. maybe. Twelve. What did I do? Hang on. You are in error. You are a biological unit. You are imperfect. It was my understanding that there would be no math. So $500 a week now, if it's 1977, is <laughs> $2,500. It's so $2,500 <laughs> <laughs> so $2, a week, which is $5,000 a month times 12 is $60,000 a year. So... Who knows? It was my understanding that there would be no math. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the half happiest season of all. 
with those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call. It's the happiest season of all. There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. Hello again, and welcome to the 70s Weekly Countdown with Mark and Pete, a show where two friends review a randomly chosen American Top 40 episode from the 1970s, the most interesting decade in pop music. My name is Mark Robeck, and with me is my friend and co-host, Peter Gardo. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Merry Christmas, Mark. Ho, ho, ho. Yes, a Merry Christmas to you, sir. Yeah, so... uh... I hope you have your tree up. I see it back there. I think I saw it last time. Yeah. We had uh, a hell of a storm today. No snow. And uh, a wreath got torn off one of the doors. Uh, and, did, uh, do you got a reading on how much rain you got from your weather station? or you? Oh, yeah, sure. So, let's see. Today, and it's pretty much done now, 2.37 inches. Yeah. Today and yesterday was uh, 1.4, so 3.41 inches of of, uh, of rain. Wow. That's pretty good. Quite a bit, and it was very warm today. I took a step outside; it's like 60, over 60 degrees. Yeah, that's what uh, the weatherman was saying on the the big uh, radio station that the hockey club used to be on all the time. saying we just hit a record oh no it just went up another two degrees and that was at <laughs> yeah 6 30 this morning or 5 30 this morning so yeah so they've ruled out a white christmas for us yeah yeah sorry sorry so i guess this is our christmas episode huh yeah it is yep we're doing something special for christmas so yeah it should um, should come out around that time yeah, yeah. okay well, before we start that, um, we need to uh, work on one thing here. Are you sitting up straight? That's good. Welcome to Zip Code. Learn it today. It's time for the mailbag. Nice. You're getting a lot of mail. Everyone's using the zip code. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep, this is a busy, busy time of year for the mailman, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I I only got one thing to talk about, and you you might have gotten this uh, this one too, but I'll I'll hold it up on channel eighteen. It's actually got pictures on both sides, and that's from our buddy Nate from the Deep Purple Podcast and family. And uh, yeah, I see Pete's holding it up on channel eighteen as well. Lovely picture of the family. It says with love, Jen, Nate, Elliot, Martin, and Josie, and also Ray, which I'm assuming is is their dog. So real, really nice picture. Snow, uh, snow covered uh, yard with like a 
wooden fence behind the, with the mm -hmm. kids and uh, both one of the kids and, and Nate are wearing their Rory Gallagher shirts. As you are, right. as you are today. I, I am now also. That's right. Yeah. And it's a yeah. beautiful card. It looks as though that the uh, the card was put through a printer. Uh -huh. The address is there. And then it was, uh, and it looks as though the delivered to was uh, also through the printer. And it looks as though that the return address was a stamp. Right. Uh, yeah. Like a, like an ink stamp. And the, Proper posters was used with a Christmas stamp. And uh, have you checked your mailbox today? Uh, I have not. My mail doesn't come till uh, almost the evening. So I've been out there. A, and it was pouring. <laughs> Didn't want to go out there. So I have not. You have gotten. You should have gotten a piece of mail from this family. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I have, have not received it yet. So. Uh, do you get a, like, the, do they ring your doorbell when the mailman comes? Oh, no. No, it's a. Uh, it's a shared, you know, kiosk out in the parking lot with the, you know, that the mailman delivers all to. And uh, he, he seems to come here very late. I think it's like his last stop of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, wow. yeah. But uh, the other thing I noticed about Nate's uh, Christmas card is uh, it's the, the postmark is Carol stream, Illinois. So that's, you know, so like Christmas Carol. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's did, you, did you look it up? I did not. Okay. Well, I, I've got two pieces of mail here. The first, you know, I'll show to those of you on channel 18. It's a postcard. Uh, yeah. Uh, on the front, it looks like uh, it's Ethel Merman dressed up as uh, Santa Claus or one of Santa Claus helpers with a uh, Christmas tree. And it says... Christmas carols always brought tears to my eyes. I also cry at weddings. I should have cried at a couple of my own. Ethel Merman. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas from the Merms and Roback. And so uh, the proper postage was used, a uh, uh, postcard stamp. And also from Mark Roback. Here's the envelope. The Dardo <laughs> family. And it says... Christmas blessings. Okay, it looks like a uh, little chapel uh, with a, a horse being pulled with a, uh, a a sleigh, and there's a outdoor Christmas tree, and uh, there's a what do you call that stuff? Not tinsel. Uh... Since before your sun burned hot in space, and before your race was born, I have awaited a question. Glitter. Glitter, yeah, thank you. There's glitter on the front. It's a very pretty card. Uh, it's a Hallmark card uh, from the Thomas Kindle Studios. This is uh, Cheryl, Julie, and Pete hoping to find traces of his love all around this Christmas and always. Mark Roback. So, uh, proper postage was used. However, it was not a Christmas stamp. It was <laughs> one of those flag stamps that looks as though came off a roll. Um, <laughs> now, I have the same flag stamps on the roll. Okay, uh -huh. I have no which. I have no idea which way is up. <laughs> it is the most confusing roll of stamps. Okay, because I think I've put some upside down. Like you know, that's if if you're in distress. Okay, yeah. and maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how I send all my bills with them upside down. I I peel them off. I'm like, which way is up? 
It's the, you know, the universal symbol for distress is the flag upside down. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't um I, I don't usually buy special uh stamps for Christmas. I guess I should. But you uh, should because you can get for forever ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Christmas forever. Yeah, I'll uh I'll probably do that next year. Well, that'll be good. We'll find out in a year from now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all righty so as you can tell by our back and forth pete and i have been friends for a long time 35 plus years we met in college and then ended up working together also for a long time and um so pete uh you want to introduce this special episode yeah today's episode number 66 of the 70s weekly countdown with mark and pete christmas special 2023 a 70s weekly Christmas. Ah, nice. Yeah, so this one we're going to be doing kind of songs that are spread across the decades. So uh, maybe we want to talk about any family Christmas traditions in the 70s or anything you like to, to bring up, Pete. Well, the, the, I was thinking about this when I got the, the, uh, the rules of the meeting. And... Uh, <laughs> And I, I thought of the first Christmas in, in 1970. It was actually December 25th. It's Christmas is typically on that day. Yep. <laughs> and I believe it was a Saturday. And, and the television was in the basement. And, of course, the Christmas tree's in the living room. And, and I ran downstairs to watch cartoons. And I saw some of the things around the tree. And I got in trouble. Uh, and one of the one of the things was there was a sled, and it was a sled to all the children, all all of us, and it was a big flexible flyer because uh, we had my father's flexible flyer that he probably had for you know the thirty years before that, and it's a, really the first Christmas I remember. And on the sled was a uh, remember those those uh, blow up toys. That look like cartoon characters. Yeah. With a sand at the bottom, like a, yeah. almost like a punching bag. Sure. It was, yeah. a, it was a Yogi Bear. Uh, okay. And uh I didn't did not go through the slides today to uh I, I planned on doing that to get ready, but I didn't uh, see if there were any photographs from there. But I remember that. I can remember during the, the day, uh I got into it with sister number three or something. And I, my mother, and my father says, don't hit your sister. That's what Yogi's for. <laughs> <laughs> or, or something, something like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember I had, I got a Popeye, one of those that was, I think specifically made to be punched. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because yeah. you'd hit it would come back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then it, it got a leak at some point in time. And, <laughs> yeah. and my, my father, you know, probably, try to tape it up with packing tape or something. It was never the same. Yeah. It, it didn't, it didn't last uh, probably to the next Christmas, but I, I remember that, but you know, typically we were home for, uh, for Christmas. Uh, Thanksgiving was always the trip out to Western New York. And we might've uh, gone to, uh, you know, my, my mom's uh, youngest sister was living up in Chicopee uh, during that time. And, uh, because my uncle was uh, in the Air Force at the SAC uh, up in Westover as a crew chief 
for the B-52 uh, that were bombing uh, Vietnam yeah. and Laos and Cambodia. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so they were close by, but, you know, oftentimes he was in Guam and or in Thailand or, or what have you. But uh, so we, we spent early seventies, you know, Christmas time with them. Uh, I, I, re- I recall that. Yeah. I have, I was actually reading, preparing for the episode that there was the, during the Vietnam war, at least in the seventies, they would, they would, temporarily halt the bombing around Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day in, in uh, during that war. But uh well yeah. that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah that's that's nice. So did you uh so assuming by what you said you you guys opened your Christmas gifts on Christmas Day as opposed yes. to Christmas Eve. Yeah that yes. that that was us too. And um yeah I don't you know, they they all kind of blend together. Of course, I had older siblings. I do remember, I don't know if it was in the 70s, but I remember my brother, number one, he, he made this flashlight out of a D-cell battery and a wire and a light bulb. And it was so that we could get up in the middle of the night and see Santa come down. Of course, I think at that point, he, he didn't believe in Santa, but I did. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he kept telling me it's like oh yeah one year I, I I snuck down and I saw his boot go back up the chimney so I, <laughs> and I was like oh man you know, I I want to <laughs> I want to see that uh, was Santa uh, smoking parliaments <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> Santa's <laughs> handwriting after he took the cookies seemed to be similar to my father's but, <laughs> um, and then uh, just we would yeah we would open gifts on Christmas Day and then my my grandmother who lived with my aunt, they lived like a block and a half away. So after Near we, the Picaros? <laughs> uh no, a little little farther, uh, almost uh maybe two three blocks up from there, the Picaro Street. But uh okay. but we would go over there and that was because my grandmother, this is on my mother's side, she was the only living grandparent I had, and she was like the big draw for that side of the family. So We'd all go over there and 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 hang out. So that's pleasant memories for sure. Yeah. One one thing about uh, growing up, and I, I just remember this when you're talking, is we always seemed to get our Christmas tree on Christmas Eve, and then it oh. was up until like the middle of January. Oh wow! Yeah. So, so you, a real tree? A real tree. We never had a fake tree. Yeah, we were the opposite. We had a, a, a fake tree because my sister was allergic before I was born. I guess they were getting real trees and she kept getting sick around Christmas. Oh, really? But apparently she grew out of it because uh, then, as an adult, after she got married, they were getting real trees and she was oh, that's fine. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Did you so, get it at Grant's? <laughs> Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember, but I do remember, I think I might've told this story before across the street, kind of diagonal to us, the house had like a f- enclosed front porch and they had one of those aluminum trees and they <laughs> yeah. had the lights on it that would, it would change and be like orange and then green and blue. And I thought it was the coolest thing until I happened to go on their porch and see what, the mechanism was i was so disappointed because it was just a floodlight with this rotating disc in yeah. front of it i thought the tree itself was changing colors <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah, that's that's nice 
So uh, did you have any corrections from our last episode? I had one thing to mention. I was... <laughs> I was not exactly right. You mean you were wrong? Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Malfa. I was what you just said I was just then, yeah. Um, mention it, uh, please. Yeah, and it's not really a correction. It's just a clarification because we were discussing it and we were talking about all the things that may or may not have happened on December 4th. And then mm -hmm. I went back and looked it up and it was, uh, yeah, on, on that same day, sort of three momentous occasions. Jeff Bridges was born. 1949 <laughs> smoke on the smoke on the water incident where the casino burned down at mantra uh, happened in 1971 and of course that inspired the song which mentions frank zappa and then frank zappa passed away on uh, december 4th in 1993 so mm, okay that's, that's, right. that's very interesting so let's see the headlines since we're doing the whole decade of the 70s uh it looks as though everything here happened on Christmas Day throughout the decade. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I decided to just do Christmas Day, and I also decided to try and keep it kind of positive. There were, there were a few things, of course, that happened that were negative, but I figured... Like oh, all those airline crashes? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wants to think about that at Christmas time. That's right. Although we will say... You know, and, and you and I, you know, we worked in aerospace. That me looking through all the news for this podcast, there were a lot of airline crashes and a lot of hijackings in the seventies. Mm -hmm. So we should yeah. be very happy with both the security, but more importantly, the safety of uh, of airlines nowadays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah. So Christmas Day, nineteen seventy six. A 10-day bicentennial festival began in New Jersey with the reenactment of Washington's crossing of the Delaware on Christmas Day in 1776. Its organizers said that the New Jersey observance would rival those earlier in the year at Concord and Lexington, Mass., and in Philadelphia. Mm, so, so there. Yeah, so it was like so the, there you go. Yeah, yeah. the ta tail end of probably the bicentennial celebrations. So when you cross the Delaware, don't you go into Pennsylvania? Yeah. Well, well this, isn't that where the uh, Hessians were? Well, yeah, but it says here that it uh, it began in New Jersey. Yeah, well. Uh, did, it, did it actually end in Pennsylvania? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, I didn't look up the, the details of the whole event. Maybe Pennsylvania was like, no, we're not doing it. <laughs> yeah, because we got Philadelphia. Yeah. And not only that, that, yeah, they spent all their money doing the Philadelphia one. <laughs> and then uh, also uh, next next year, Christmas Day, 1977, an Israeli cabinet member said he had been told that President Anwar Sadat had substantially agreed with Israel on terms of an Egyptian-Israeli peace settlement. Well, that's that's good news. That was, that was positive news. So let's see, they, Egypt would... They're, they're Islamic, so they it's not around Ramadan, Ramadan, and of course Israel is more or less a Jewish state. So yeah, that's a good day for news. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was yeah. good news. <laughs> that was good news on that day. Let, let, let's say, and I, you know, I, I, at least between Egypt and Israel, the 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 peace has has held, you know, over the years. So, and then um, the next year, Christmas Day, 1978, a Soviet space probe on Venus beamed information back to Earth about its closest neighbor. 
TASS, the official Soviet press agency, said spacecraft Venera 2 transmitted scientific information for 95 minutes before going silent. It was the second landing on Venus by a Soviet spacecraft in five days, one of nine Soviet landings on the planet in in the recent years back then. It was uh, the most successful, having transmitted information for 110 minutes. Well, when I saw this, all I could think of was the death probe. The death probe. Why am I drawing a blank? Should I know this? You watched the $6 million man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember, there was a Soviet uh, trip to uh, to Venus that got off course and somehow found its way into Southern California. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and it, it was it was like, what was that stupid movie with James Garner? You know, the tank or whatever. You know, it was just causing ha- havoc. Yeah. And, and Steve Austin was the only one that could figure out, you know, along with Dr. Rudy Wells and Oscar Goldman, how to uh, make it self-destruct. Uh, was that the one where Steve had to get his spacesuit and then uh, they were delivering it uh, or no? Was one no, where this he, is the one, yeah. This is the one where, where they had to get a metric bolt and screw it into the top of the death probe <laughs> okay. and, and, and take it up with a helicopter. Okay, I vaguely remember that. I haven't I haven't watched a lot of those episodes recently. Uh-huh. And then there was Death Probe too, because it was so good <laughs> they had to do it again. <laughs> oh, they never had the guy blowing up the Liberty Bell twice. <laughs> or or a bionic Christmas carol. Too. <laughs> So some celebrities that were born on Christmas Day, I figured we'd we'd list some of these. So uh, yeah, Tony Martin, Rod mm. Serling, Ken Stabler, Jimmy Buffett, Larry Zonka, Barbara Mandrell, Sissy Spacek, Annie Lennox, and Ricky Henderson. Nice. So so how do you spell Zonka? Did I spell it wrong? Like Tonka. Yeah. You spelled it Zay O Zay Z O N K A. Isn't uh, it C C Z? Ah, that's right. I did it phonetically because you you were reading off the list of names okay. to me. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't go far. Oh, okay, but and you also spelled Ricky wrong. Uh, okay. It's don't E-Y. lose that number. Yeah, that's that's right. Well, but, that's um, R-I-K-K-I, I think. But I'm going to hold this up on Channel 18. I got this uh, a Christmas or two ago from uh, Steve A's family. It's the Jimmy Buffett Christmas Island CD. Oh, okay. From the, I think it's a 1996 or something. So, yeah. Does he do Christmas that. Island? Um, the song? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's the first track. Okay. He's got Jingle Bells. A Sailor's Christmas, Happy Xmas, War is Over. <laughs> Up on the housetop, Melekaliki Maka. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Run, Rudolph, run. Ho, 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 and a bottle of rum, and it's spelled R-H-U-M. Uh, I'll be home for Christmas, and Merry Christmas, Alabama. Never far from ah. home. So uh, Christmas Island. I, I have the uh, Leon Redbone Christmas record. And it's called Christmas Island. And it's great. Nothing better than Leon Redbone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I could uh, I could picture him doing some good Christmas carols for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 what was what was Ricky Henderson? Uh 
he had a nickname that had to do something with about stealing or something. I forget. Yeah, was it Rocket Ricky? Because um, he he was like stolen base king back then. Yeah. Oh, he, he was fantastic. Even even like at the end of the his career, where uh, um, he played for the Red Sox. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Near, near the end. Yeah. So I'll uh, also maybe don't. Uh, not so much a downer, but just mentioned some celebrity uh, celebrities that passed on Christmas Day, unfortunately. And those included Charlie Chaplin, Billy Martin, uh, Dean Martin, Denver Pyle, James Brown, Eartha Kitt, and George Michael. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so Ricky Henderson was known as the man of steel taking, you know, Oh, okay. Spelled uh, yeah, S T E A L. Yeah. So, do do, do you think um, Dean Martin and uh, Billy Martin were related? Eh, I don't Martin's know. It's not his real name. He, he had no, some Martino. Italian, Martino. Yeah. 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 Well, wow. who knows if Billy I, I Martin can... was his real name either? <laughs> <laughs> Seems no, like those, those that, that's a that's a big list. That that that's got to be a bummer on Christmas yeah, Day. Yeah, yeah. Of course, Eartha Kit. Um, I think in our Christmas special last year, did we have her doing Santa Baby? I think that I was think her big did. Christmas Christmas hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All righty. So, so was uh, was there anything on TV around this time? What typically what's on around Christmas time? Uh, you you got the, besides bowl games. Yeah, well, you usually have Christmas specials. Or certainly in the in the seventies, you did, and yeah. uh, I think you have them more. You had them more back then, at least the variety type than yeah. than you do now. Although most, you know, a lot of shows had Christmas episodes too. Let's see what I what I had here. I picked out just some of the ones that were very noteworthy. The in nineteen seventy two, the Bob Hope Vietnam Christmas Show. With Jim Neighbors, Jill St. John, Red Fox, Lola Falana, Charlie Pride, and Alan Shepard. The astronaut? The astronaut, Alan Shepard. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, Bob Hope had been doing those Christmas shows, uh, you know, uh, entertaining the troops for, for quite a while. Yeah, by 30 years, you know, World War II had just started. And, yeah. Yep. 30 and years then, before that, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, moving ahead to uh, 1975, John Denver's Rocky Mountain Christmas with Olivia Newton-John, Steve Martin, and Valerie Harper. And this was a huge, around 65 million people tuned into that special. It was on ABC. Wow. That's, you're lucky to, what, what, the Super Bowl, that's where you get that kind of number now. You know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, of course, back then, with only the three networks, it was... Uh, yeah, and, and Channel Eighteen. Yeah, yeah, and John Denver, you know, was very popular back then, as was Olivia Newton-John, as we've seen in our countdowns. So, yeah, was yeah. Steve Martin was had had Saturday Night uh, Live started yet? Oh, geez, I think yeah. The, well, the first season I thought was seventy-five, okay. so he probably was, had was, been on. Yeah, okay, because yeah. because you know, of course, King Tut and. You know, wild and crazy guy came out what seventy eight or seventy seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he he was just starting to get 
popular. You know, he had been on other other shows and things as a comedian, which I hadn't realized. So, and then uh, also in 1975, Dean Martin's California Christmas. Nice. With Dionne Warwick, Freddie Fender, Georgia Engel, Michael Learned, the Statler Brothers, and the Gold Diggers, of course. Of course, the Gold Diggers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remind me, I have it written, uh, underlined in with a question mark. Who's Michael Learned? Uh, she played uh, the mother on the Waltons. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it was always weird because, yeah, she has uh, Michael as her first name. I never looked up what the deal was with that, whether she was named after somebody or, or whether that was a stage name. I have to, mm-hmm. have to look that one up. But, uh, yeah, of course, uh, Dean Martin, you know, had been on TV also a long time. I I love some of Dean Martin's Christmas carols, though. You know, Let It Snow. Oh, it's sure. Great. I mean, you can picture him standing there with a cocktail in his hand and a tuxedo. <laughs> and a cigarette in the other hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so moving forward, uh, 1977, Bing Crosby's Merry Old Christmas, and it's spelled M E R R I E O L D E. And this was a posthumous presentation. Bing had died in October from a heart attack, but they had filmed this before uh, he passed away. And it's uh, best remembered for its uh, for the collaboration between Bing and David Bowie, where they sang "Peace on Earth" and "The Little Drummer Boy" mm-hmm. as a as a mashup, which it became very popular. I remember seeing it all the time on MTV uh, around Christmas time. And the special also featured some of the Crosby family, including daughter Mary, uh, his wife Catherine, uh, Bing's wife, and uh, Nathaniel, and then also British model Twiggy. So <laughs> uh, she was on that one. And I, then, could, I can remember, you know, uh, David Bowie didn't like Little Drummer Boy, but you know he did it. And uh, but also around that same time, I think it was filmed in September in England. Don't you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, but he also did a special with uh, was it Mark Bolin was in T Rex, yeah, and, and like he died like like three weeks later. And David uh-huh. Bowie says, "I got to stop doing these these specials." Kiss <laughs> <laughs> yeah, death, yeah, really, <laughs> yeah. There is there was some story about well, if you watch that the the video of. Uh, David and Bing doing the song. It's actually Bing only sings the little drummer boy part, and and uh, David does the peace piece on Earth. So there was yeah, there was something about him not liking the uh, the little drummer yeah. boy. I don't know why, but uh, what's uh, what's David Bowie's real name? Uh, I don't I don't know off the top of my head. David Jones. Ah, okay. And he changed his name. Why? Because of Davy Jones. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, now I remember. And what's Bing's real first name? Oh, boy. This I should know, but I do not. <laughs> I don't recall. Bada Bing? No, I don't. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> he was born Harry Lillis Crosby Jr. on May 3rd, 1903. All right, then uh, oh, uh, also in 1977, The Carpenters at Christmas, and they had Harvey Corman and Christy McNichol. Nice. On. 
And then uh, moving on to 1978, the infamous Star Wars holiday special. Art Carney and Harvey Corman again. (laughs) (laughs) And also Jefferson Starship joined a quite visibly uninterested Star Wars cast for one of the greatest mistakes in Hollywood history. (laughs) George Lucas has like totally disavowed any involvement in that. And like, I think they took the like, VHS tapes off the market or whatever. It's like hard to come by now. Was I've Paul seen... Lind in that? I don't think so, but I'm not sure. Or was he on that that one with Kiss? Oh, I think he yeah. might have been. I thought I I thought I saw something about the Kiss uh, Kiss Christmas special. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I what, don't know. I'm yeah, when, what year? Mixing did, them all up. Was that in the '70s? The Kiss Christmas special. I don't, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know that. if they had a Christmas special. I, I don't know, but uh, wasn't I there something Paul... about them saving Christmas or something? Or I, I don't know. Well, no, they they had that movie, uh, you know, Chris meets the Phantom of the Carnival or something. Oh, remember that? Yeah. Or wasn't there like <laughs> Kiss Kringle or something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw that somewhere. <laughs> Anyway, so the, finally, uh, in uh, 1979, you had the Donnie and Marie Christmas special from the Osmond Entertainment Center in Provo, Utah, with Eric Estrada, Cindy Williams, Adam Rich, and Dorothy Hamill. And I saw a little video of this, and Eric Estrada snuggles with Marie for Let It Snow. It's a little creepy, actually. <laughs> He's standing behind her, and he keeps kind of putting his head on her shoulder. <laughs> wow, punch. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of, of Eric Estrada, he's, you know, our buddy Rich is, is once removed from knowing Marie Osmond. Yeah, yeah. And uh, did Rich elaborate on how where he met uh, Eric? Because I just saw the text where he was talking about how he, he was, seemed like a nice guy. Yeah, it was looked like a cop thing, you know. Yeah. Rich is a was a, is a police officer or was a police officer. Yeah. Maybe Ponch was there to to uh, you know direct traffic. I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I told you that my sister's brother in law, who's uh, now I guess a faithful listener of our podcast. They call him BB. He he's uh, of uh, you know, Mexican uh, American descent, and he looks a lot like Eric Estrada. So much so that some woman saw him in a bar once and was like, you know, insisting that he was him. And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the other, one of the one of the people on here was Cindy Williams, and I, I just realized that she's no longer with us. That's right. Yeah. Did she, was it this year she passed away? It was this year she passed yeah. away. Yeah. 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 Sad. Sad. Yeah. yeah because, because I, I thought after uh, Suzanne Summers passed, I says, well, they're all gone now. But no, Joyce DeWitt is still around, but Cindy Williams is not. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, so. two different shows, right? Laverne and Shirley versus. Well, they're both on ABC. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they, I wonder if they were ever on the Battle of the Network Stars on the same team. I would, I would guess, I maybe. would guess so. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. I have to look that one up too. Yeah. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> you got a lot of homework. Yeah. All right. And then I, I thought I'd bring up a few notable '70s Christmas movies. So in 1970, Santa Claus is coming to town, 
And that was an animated feature. And it, it was voiced by Fred Astaire, Mickey Rooney, and Keenan Wynn. So I don't I don't know that I've ever seen that one all the way through. I know I've seen clips. Oh, I've, I, I, I've seen it. That That's like with a stop motion, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 But the yeah. guy looks like Fred Astaire. The, 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 the oh, sure. Character he's yeah. voicing. Yeah. 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 And then uh, also in 1970, we had Scrooge, which was a musical starring Albert Finney in the title role and uh, Alec Guinness also. And mm. uh, that's a good one. I, I remember watching that on, on, on TV back in the 70s, and I like it. Of course, it's an adaptation of A Christmas Carol. I like that. And then in uh, 1971, we had The Homecoming, A Christmas Story. And that was the TV movie that launched The Waltons. Have you ever seen that one, Pete? I think I actually saw that when it came out. Yeah. Because um, it... You know. it the uh, two years ago yeah like all the kids were played by the same uh you know actors that went on to the tv show but the mother and father are different and the grandpa's different uh grandma so was, michael landon i mean mike michael, michael learned learned was not the learned mother not it, was, it was ann back was it uh ann bancroft or um uh, i should have wrote it down uh, a famous actress Patricia Neal. And the father was played by uh, Andrew Duggan. But uh, I've played... Is any relation to Mr. Duggan? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> you know who Mr. Duggan is, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> He's the, the guy that, that, that got into the fender bender with Carol Brady. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I saw that Jackie one. Jackie Coogan. Yeah, that's right. I saw that one recently. <laughs> we talked so, about it, actually. <laughs> My brain's going. My mind is going. I can feel it. But um, so actually, last night we we watched a very Brady Christmas. Oh, I so watched after, a little of it. Yeah. So so I'd never seen that all the way front to back. I'd seen the end of it. So after the Love Boat, which had uh, Scatman Crothers, uh, Mister Hand, and uh, <laughs> uh, Avery Shriver as as three competing Santa Clauses on uh, on the Love Boat, because Julie's sister. I forget her character's name and uh, Gopher and Isaac all hired three Santas and, and they all thought that Captain Steubing would be livid. He's like, Oh, this is great. And of course they only had one room. So all these guys had to stay in the same cabin. It, it was quite good. Yeah. And it, but it was a later one. So Ace was on it. The Ace? photographer. Oh yeah. 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 That guy. I, I could picture him. I forget the yeah. actor's name. He was also on Happy Days near the end, too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, was he in Revenge of the Nerds? Yes. I yeah. believe he was. Yeah. yeah. But um, what I was going to mention about the homecoming is when we've done our, uh, our, our thing where we talk about the gas prices, I play a clip where the, somebody's saying Miss Emily, Miss, forget the other sister's name, but the, they're asking for gas and that's Cleavon little. Cause he was in that homecoming movie and they're asking the sisters for the recipe because they think they can run the car on it. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Emily, Miss Mamie, we got to have some gas. 
Moving on, a couple more movies here. The The Gathering in 1977. That starred uh, Ed Asner and Maureen Stapleton. That's kind of a sad one it's about a guy that's uh, terminally ill and he's trying to get the family back together. I, I think I, I saw that. Yeah. And uh, nothing better than having a, a nice Jewish guy like like Ed Asner <laughs> in a Christmas show. Now, yeah. is Maureen Stapleton, is that the dingbat? Is that Edith Bunker? Or is that Gene Stapleton? That's Gene Stapleton. Uh, Maureen okay. is a, a different, a different actress. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, boy, I should know if they're related or not, but I don't know. Oh, I, uh, uh, more homework. Yeah. Uh, you know, the show notes are going to be huge. And then uh, I had one more movie to talk about. Uh, there was in 1979, an American Christmas Carol, starring Henry Winkler. <laughs> Speaking Ooh. of other. Uh, Jewish person. Uh, well, you know, Christmas has become ecumenical. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And uh but uh, uh I have seen that actually and I, yeah, that's that's decent. I like it. Another, yeah, another adaptation of uh, a Christmas carol. So, I think it was might have been Saturday. I'm flipping around the TV and this thing comes on and Henry Winkler's on it with Billy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, Okay, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, that was I, on I, PBS, I think. Yeah, did you watch that? I, I did not. Yeah. Was it an interview? Well, they were. it's like they were interviewing each other. I didn't know who the host was, and they, they uh, go way back. I guess Henry Winkler met him because somehow that uh, Kimmel guy, and I, I don't know anything about him uh, other than the promos during, like, Monday Night Football. Um but he was part of the that band called Weezer. I know nothing about Weezer. Oh. And, there, and and I looked it up. There was they had a a song called uh, Buddy Holly. Yeah. And, and and the Fonz was 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 doing. Remember when he was dancing like a like something out of Fiddler on the Roof? Yeah. <laughs> remember that when Fonzie was dancing? Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, and so that's how they became friends. You know, this is 30 years ago. But uh, did, are you a big Weezer fan? No, but I somehow something I was looking at today, I think in preparation for the show, I came across that they had like a, a video of Weezer doing that song. And it's like they're playing in Al's diner. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. Took, and and I read about the, the video and, and uh, Al was was actually introducing the band and and uh, Potsy was all angry that uh, uh, <laughs> that he was in uh, in the video, but uh, someone famous put it together. And, uh, he got a, a a note from someone that says, "Don't worry about it, Potsy." Oh. So, <laughs> okay. But the other thing I read about that is is it, and I have to find my Windows ninety five discs because when Windows ninety five came out, uh -huh. there was a video. That video was on the uh the cd to install windows 95 and and they were kind of like what what are you doing to us blah 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 and 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 the weezer guy you know looking back at it says it was it was great it was like you know like youtube being invented and you're the only video on youtube so they were <laughs> the only video because what they were doing was showing off you know uh you know the movie th what's it called uh i'm in front of a computer right now uh What's the software that that you used twenty five uh, years ago? I, I don't know <laughs> to play videos. Whatever, whatever the software was that was yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, so that would be like the sample or whatever? Yeah, it was a sample and it was that video. Oh, okay. Interesting. So so they're all angry and then they're like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. They said this software is going to last forever. Yeah, <laughs> <not> really. <laughs> all right. So I guess um, now as Casey would say, on with the Christmas music. All right. So before we start, I want to uh, tell you what I did is we have 22 Christmas songs and you chose most of them. And uh, uh, I put them in a uh, VisiCalc spreadsheet and uh, I did a random number generator. And and I except for the first one, because I thought it was pretty cool the way it started. A good many of these I picked from the top Christmas albums in the 70s. So we're going to get a good spread across those. And I, I have a little information, just mostly who wrote the songs, just uh, as some background. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. Big deal. Hey, man, what's wrong with you, Jermaine? Yeah, that's no kind of attitude. This only happens once a year. Hey, fellas, don't bug him. He and his girl just broke up. So get off his back. Can't you see there's tears in his eyes? Yeah. Yeah, he's crying. He's crying. He's crying. Don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. I'd never heard this before. Neither have I. How's the volume? It's good, I think. This is Christmas Won't Be the Same This Year by the Jackson 5. And uh, it's off the Jackson 5 Christmas album, 1970. And that was the top Christmas album in both 1970 and 1972. So it came back in 72 to be uh, top of the charts again. And uh, this one was written by Pam Sawyer and Laverne Ware. Pam Sawyer's credits as a co-writer at uh, Motown included... Love Child, If I Were Your Woman, My Whole World Ended, in Love Hangover. So some big songs by her. I really like this. This is great. And uh, <clears throat> on the YouTube where we're playing this off today, the uh, called the Jackson's Christmas Album. And there's a big bow in the middle. And there's a picture of Michael in the top left. Jackie on the top right, Jermaine on the bottom left. What's it say? Napoleon? What's what's the other one saying? Uh, I can't, I can't read. Marlin. Uh, <laughs> Napoleon. <laughs> and of course, Tito on the bottom right. Right. So, <laughs> last but not least, for Tito. <laughs> right. It's a great looking LP. Yeah, and I think it's a you know based on the songs I heard. It's a great album. I no wonder it was number one for two years in the seventies. Yeah. All right. So the next one we had a Christmas special for. Well, here's John Duschendorf. See the sunlight through the pine. 
taste the warm of winter wine, dream of softly falling snow, winter's gold, aspen glow, as the winter days unfold. So there it is, aspen glow, off uh, John Denver's Rocky Mountain Christmas from 1975. It was the top Christmas album of 1975. Um I just want to mention, in 1974, the top album was The Waltons' Christmas album, but uh, I didn't include any songs on that one because none of the cast other than Grandpa was on it, and Grandpa just did a speaking part. <laughs> but uh, this is an original song written by John Denver. Yeah, this is a pretty song. I'm sure John is playing his... His guitar, the, the front of the LP looks like a hamlet in New England that was beamed to the <laughs> high mountains of the Rockies. Looking at it here, yeah, I I, I wonder if if there's any villages in in uh, or if if maybe that's supposed to be Aspen, where all the rich people go. Mm -hmm. um, ever been to Aspen? Uh, I have not. You? No, I haven't. No. Yeah, not a skier, so I had no yeah. reason to go there. <laughs> I've been I've been to Colorado three times, but uh, maybe four. Drove through a bunch of it. Spent some time in Denver, and uh, it's uh, it's a big place. And, uh, it's a pretty song. Yeah, I like it. Well, one thing that. Uh, you know, besides the Jackson Five, the Motown put out uh, a lot of Christmas stuff, and we're going to have one right now. Gale so the video, the way... the... what's that? Gail loved the way the song started. It kind of cracked her oh. up. So it looks as though this video was made. In the recent past, not 50 plus years ago. Yeah, some nice animation they put to this video. There it is, my favorite things. And this is by The Supremes, featuring Miss Diana Ross. And, uh, this is, yeah, off the Motown Christmas album in 1973. And the song is from the 1959 Rodgers and Hammerstein musical, The Sound of Music. And oh, yeah. this Supremes version went to number 10 in Singapore. Wow. And they're a top 100. Well, one of my favorite versions of this is, and I didn't include it, because I think it was recorded later. I have the Tony Bennett Christmas LP CD, uh, and he does a fantastic job. And uh, <laughs> that, that's in heavy rotation. The animation's funny in places. But I, I like this one though. I kind of nice poppy, upbeat version.
Yeah, so I just found in my collection here. It's the Tony Bennett one is called Snowfall, the Tony Bennett Christmas record. And there's no date on this. I looked. But it's very good. Boy, Motown knows how to put stuff together. Yeah. What a great arrangement. Wall of sound. Next up in the randomizer, we're going to go back to uh, the Jackson 5. Who is that? Is that Marlon? Mm, is that Tito? You're talking about Tito. So this is uh, one of the oldest songs uh, in the countdown in terms of when it was written. It was uh, written by Benjamin Hanby in 1864. Shoes with lots of soul. <laughs> yeah, so this Jackson 5 album, also Motown Records, of course. Great. Yeah. I can read Santa Claus my list. Other girls you're waiting to kiss. Mine, that list was only a joke. Too late, Jermaine, he's bringing your mistletoe. Bet you just want toys and stuff. Yeah, but that's not even half enough. What I want means more than fun. What's that? Love and peace for everyone. Oh, Christmas Sprechstimme there. Yeah. Weihnachtsgesang. Like I said before, the Motown musicians and arrangers. Wow. Yeah, I I might go out and buy that 
Jackson Five Christmas album. <laughs> did they did they put out any forty fives on the back of cereal for Christmas? I wonder. No, I, <laughs> I I I looked and didn't didn't have it. We have a lot of Motown here because these these were like you said these were records that made that were hits, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're going back. We're going back to Detroit. You know, there's dashing and dancing and prancing and fixing, coming and keeping and jumping and so, fixing. Like I said, these are all coming off the YouTube, and they have these really good videos behind here. So, do you have you ever seen the claymation Christmas? special because the very the very last song they have on it is they have the california raisins doing this song and at the end they get strapped to a sleigh and they, they fly off across the moon it's great but uh yeah this is the temptation you mean the one where herbie wants to become a dentist <laughs> that one no, no, the, the the claymation one. I think it was in the early '80s. Oh, with the California raisins. The California raisins were on it doing this. Oh, okay, with Buddy Miles. Yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> it's great. But this is off the Temptations uh, Christmas card album. Yeah, as you said, Motown Records. And this song was written by Johnny Marks. It was based on a. 1939 story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Ranger, published by the Montgomery Ward Company. Nice. And uh, Gene Autry's recording hit number one on the U.S. charts with uh, uh, The Week of Christmas, 1949. We had that on our uh, last year's Christmas episode. Right. Actually, this weekend, I watched a lot of TV this weekend. I actually saw the Gene Autry show. Wow. Uh, I think it was on MeTV. And uh, who was his sidekick? Was it Smiley Burnett? I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's about horse rustlers or something. You know. And I was just waiting for Gene Autry to start singing because wasn't he known as the singing cowboy? He was, yeah. funky version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reaper. Yeah, that's really good. I love it. It's one of my favorite Christmas songs. <laughs> I, I'd never heard that version before. And, you know, you get you get pummeled with, uh, with <laughs> stuff <say> nowadays. <laughs> Don't say it. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's it's on even back in 1971. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's on every station. <laughs> no, Gene Autry, he uh much like uh 
the guy that wrote Gentle My Mind, you know, he didn't have to work a day again in his life, you know, with with those publishing rights. Yeah. So, yeah. Sure. He was able he was able to buy the California the California regions, the California angels. <laughs> Don't get them mixed up. The bricks you dip in the gold and the gold you dip in the red paint. I wonder who owns uh, the California raisins. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the raisin growers of California. Of California. Yeah. All right. So I think we're staying in Detroit again. Oh wow. I if they're gonna have I wonder if they're gonna have a white Christmas. Someday at Christmas, men won't be boys. Playing with bombs like kids play with toys. One warm December, our hearts will see a world where men are free. I think I've heard this. Someday at Christmas, there'll be no war. Yeah, the voice is pretty unmistakable. What Christmas is of course, Mr. Stevie Wonder. And this is off the Motown Christmas album from 1973. And this was written by Ron Miller and Brian Wells in 1967. And this was uh, first off of uh, Stevie's first Christmas album that was titled Someday at Christmas. Yeah, I, I, I know I've heard this uh, played perhaps on... Uh, Serious, uh, maybe one of their Christmas stations. Have, you know, have you, but, but well, I think one I of the things we try, yeah, one thing we try to do is stay away from the stuff that you would hear all the time, <laughs> so. right. Yeah, we've got some classics in here, of course, like Rudolph, but hopefully with a little spin on it and a little uh, you know, 70s talent for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so the, uh, I got the Leon Redbone Christmas record here. Oh, uh, yeah. There he is in right. front. Yeah, <laughs> and this, this was published in 1989, so it was out of our wheelhouse. But I tell you, if we ever do the 80s after we're done, We'll play this. Yeah. Unless we do a Leon Redbone podcast. Nice, nice, hopeful song. Yeah. You know, so Stevie Wonder was probably what, like, twenty-five when he did this. Yeah. Unbelievable. Career. Maybe younger. If this was, you know, originally done in '67. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we've hit a lot of Motown. So the randomizer. <laughs> Not so random in terms of uh, there is a lot of Motown on this now that I look at it, uh, yeah, but there, but there again is. it was because you know Motown was big in the in the seventies, big artists for sure. Absolutely. You look at Stevie Wonder, you look at the Diana Ross or the Supremes and the Temptations in the early seventies for sure. So, well, we're going back to the Rockies. 
Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost sniffing at Here's another guy that nose. didn't have to go out and buy his own turkey uh, goose. Uh, Mel Torme was a co writer of this song. Dressed up like Eskimo. Right, yeah. And uh, the, the other writer was Robert Wells. This is also off of John Denver's Rocky Mountain Christmas from 1975. 75, 75. <laughs> I can almost picture John Denver sitting around the campfire. <laughs> oh, yeah. A bunch of his uh, Colorado hippie friends or whatever. <laughs> George Burns. <laughs> I think I actually saw Oh God in the theater. I I did see it back in the day, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember much about it. Yeah. Well, he was a grocery store manager or something, and I think I think it was a lot like, uh, you know, a Christmas Carol uh, or or uh, what's that thing that we just did? Uh, oh, we were guests. Uh, just came out today on the Deep Purple podcast. Your Christmas episode. Um, That's right. Where, where what was done was it's a purple full life. It's a takeoff on um, it's a wonderful life. A movie I never saw. Uh, what's it about, Mark? That's basically about a guy that at its wit's end and he's going to kill himself, and then an angel comes down and shows him what the world would be like if he was never born mm-hmm. and it so takes the ep- place at christmas time yeah. so the the episode of the deep purple podcast this was what if deep purple had never occurred and so uh, there was a, a panel of guests uh, you know, john and, and nate as hosts and myself and mark and rich who we spoke of earlier and uh steve and scott and we and so talked about I'm what if Deep Purple had never existed and what life would have been like. It was it was kind of fun. You can find that on your favorite podcatcher. And uh, we didn't talk about John Denver on there, did we? It's I believe so. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And Many ways kind of an interesting thought to think about if certain things didn't exist or, or what have you. And kind yeah. of makes you realize how... Everything kind of connects, and the, how the good things that you enjoy make a difference. Absolutely. Well, that's a pretty song. That's a snoozer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, it highlights John Denver's voice, but it's yeah. a it's a compared to what we've had so far, so it's, yeah, it's a little bit of a, a little laid back, but you know, clear the palate, so to speak. Yeah. At the time that came out, of course, John Denver was probably at his, his peak in the seventies too. Then, and we oh, talked about how many people watched that special. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we'll kick it up a notch here.
Merry Christmas All by the Owl Soul Orchestra off their album Christmas Jollies in 1976. And that was the top Christmas album in both 1976 and 1977. And we've talked about the Orchestra before on the podcast. They were formed in 1974, but uh, they went till 1982. Their music featured elements of the Philadelphia soul, funk, Latin, and disco genres. And the orchestra included up to 50 members and was created and masterminded for South Soul Records by Philadelphia music musician Vincent Montana Jr. And this is his wife singing on this one. And wrote, arranged, and conducted, and also produced and played on all of the orchestra's tracks until 1978. The Salso Orchestra initially consisted of many of the original members of the Philadelphia International's MFSB. A lot of good good talent in this and, uh, a lot of those members had moved to Salsa as a result of a disagreement with the producers Kenny Gamble and Leon Huff over finances mm. and this I've is never a, heard this this, yeah. this has got a great groove yeah it's an original, uh, original song by them I, I like it yeah this would be great at a party just having this uh the background yeah unwrapping gifts Happy mark what do you want for christmas this year, year. Oh, i don't know <laughs> a new podcast I of, microphone i think of uh conan o'brien posted this thing on his twitter once and he said every year i i wish for world peace and i don't get it so screw it this year i just want some earbuds <laughs> <laughs> oh well I like that. It's a great original. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had to get some disco-ish stuff in here for sure if we're going to do this. Oh, without piece. a doubt. Yeah. So one of the things that, that uh, I looked for was Ethel Merman doing Christmas songs, and I couldn't find any. But, uh, but here we go. Here's something you'll probably like. This is one I, I picked out. So you'll hear this on yeah. deep tracks. Yeah, I, I like this one. In fact, I'll let it get going here. They said there'll be snow at Christmas. They said there'll be peace on Earth. Peace on Earth. But going in. <laughs> it just on raining. A veil of tears for the virgin birth. 
Oh wow, there he is in the desert with like the three wise men and a bunch of camels. Yeah. He's playing a six string guitar. Yeah. Walking the camel in the video. So this is Greg Lake. Yeah. This is uh I believe in Father Christmas. And uh on I'm on vacation now, and on the previous Friday, I watched the uh, documentary on King Crimson, 50 Years of King Crimson, and Greg Lake, before uh, he got into that pompacity of Emerson Lake and Palmer, was the lead singer and the bass player and the guitar player sometimes in King Crimson. Yeah. And uh, this is this is a nice original. He must have gone to like the Sinai Peninsula to videotape this thing. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice little video. I'll tell you what, too. You know, the the subject matter of this, similar to someday at Christmas. You know, hopeful and yet, you know, things are disappointing. But I would ten times rather listen to this instead of the song i refuse to put in here yeah the john lennon song i oh, really yeah. do not yeah. like that at all yeah. <laughs> well the other one i was thinking of was the kinks one which i really like but that's been played to death um you know because that was done in 1976 or 77. Uh, and and they the beagles also did a christmas song and I, 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 when I saw that, I barfed. Oh, jeez, Vietnam War. <laughs> God, oh, that took a turn. No kidding. Oh, there's, that looks like the, uh, the Yom Kippur War or something. Oh. Child reuniting with his soldier his father. Father. Yeah. the video had a happy ending that's a that's a nice arrangement though and and his his voice is great greg lake yeah yeah and i you know you might have seen uh my partial review of of that documentary and uh it was good but it, it was focused more on like the politics of the band than like the music so but I, I I would recommend it if you got some time. It's on the Amazon and other places. The King Crimson 50th anniversary documentary. Yeah. Very yeah, well I wanna, done. I want to take a look at that. All right. We're going back to Philadelphia. Ah. Wow. Maybe David Bowie would have liked to do this. Sounds like something off of Young Americans that, that he actually recorded in Philadelphia. Yeah, maybe the with same John musicians. Lennon. Yeah. yeah. 
Yet David Bowie didn't like this song. <laughs> yeah. I guess he never heard the Salsa Orchestra's version. I, I really don't care for this song either. But this is a nice twist. Yeah, so again, this is uh, off the Christmas Jollies 1976 album by the Salsa Orchestra. Um, so this song was originally known as the Carol of the Drum, and it's a Czechoslovakian popular Christmas song written by an American composer, Catherine Kennett Davis, in 19- How's your Czechoslovakian? 1941. Not, not very good. <laughs> not so good. <laughs> <laughs> but um this one was written <laughs> excuse, excuse me this one was <laughs> you have to reference the deep purple podcast to know why we're laughing so much <laughs> oh. but um this was first recorded in 1951 by the austrian trap family singers Ooh. And their life story was the inspiration to Sound of Music. The Sound of Music. Yeah. So, it's interesting. We have some sort of cross-reference in this. <laughs> so, jeez, I, I watched too much TV this past weekend. <laughs> but I, 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 much. <laughs> I, I saw the bit on Sunday morning about Dick Van Dyke. He just turned 98 years old. Oh, wow. And uh, there's going to be a two-hour special on CBS this week. So by the time this comes out, it already would have happened. But I'm sure you can, like, get it on the streaming machine or something. And uh, so it's like Carol Burnett had one last summer. And uh, they... uh, Dick Van Dyke... They were saying was uh, considered to be uh, in the sound of music, but ah. it didn't happen. Yeah. Okay. So we didn't talk about this uh, album cover, the South Soul Orchestra. <laughs> it's <got laughs> a woman, a woman with her kind of back to the camera, looking over her uh, left shoulder, and her, her shirt says uh, "Dance." And I don't know if that's salsa on her back, but. I, I, it says dance to salsa. Oh, okay. But um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, like a, it, it's, it's like, like a green, uh, naughty Santa lady puffy oh. thing at the bottom and on the sleeves. Yeah, and she... Uh, I don't know if this is a little PG version or whatever, but I saw another picture where it was like we are seeing a little bit of, uh, as, as you know, the guy... Who invented the miniskirt said Seymour Heine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you think they, they, they put a bigger fringe at the bottom? On I this think one? they did, yeah, because I saw I saw another one. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember, this is on the YouTube machine, so uh, maybe right. I can find a pic- picture of it. Uh... Or like the front and back of the album had like the same picture, but I don't know if the front was... <laughs> This is nice and funky, though. I like this. Oh, yeah, the clavinet. Well, so we, you, all these pictures look the same. There's another okay. one, which is... That's the deluxe edition, which is in red, and she's actually, in this one, wearing a Santa's hat like I am right now. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, that one. That's the original pressing. Yeah, there's the... Mr. Heine would have liked that. Yeah, they. Okay, yeah, I know. I know. I saw it. It was just when you brought up the video. I'm like, okay, no, that's. Well, that's a pretty good version of that song. Yeah. Well, you know how much we like that Philly sound. Oh yeah. All right, Mark. So we're going to jet across the country to San Diego, if I recall. I think both these folks went to, uh, this brother and sister duo went to San Diego State. And uh, we, we've had them on our episodes lots of times. So yeah. this is The Carpenters. Just hear the sleigh bells jingling, ring, ting, tingling too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Outside the snow is falling and friends are calling. So, I'd like to talk a little bit about this Come album cover because. <laughs> Yes. That was like a little creepy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Slay Ride Let's take the road by the Carpenters. Sing a or two. And the Come LP is called Christmas Portrait. And it's by AM Records. And it's a take on... Oh. Norman Rockwell. Norman Rockwell, thank you. Yeah. yeah, that that famous Norman Rockwell painting where he's doing a self-portrait of a mirror, but in this one, it looks like it's Santa painting a picture of Richard and Karen, and he's got this creepy elf holding <laughs> paint off the left-hand side. It looks like Dio on the cover of that elf record. <laughs> yeah, it does. He's got pointed ears like Mr. Spock. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, oh, there's I, Richard singing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So this was the top Christmas album of 1978. Oh. And uh, Sleigh Ride is a. Light orchestra standard composed by Leroy Anderson. The composer had formed the original idea for the piece during the heat wave in July 1946, and he finished the work in February of 1948. And it was first performed by the Boston Pops, Arthur Fiedler. Ooh, Arthur Fiedler. Oh, yeah, that was a, uh, with the Arthur Fiedler specials in the 70s. Yeah. Always did this. It was like the last song. It was, you know. Yeah, and it's great. Second to last song. Yeah, that yeah. Arthur Fiedler uh, Boston Pops version is fantastic. It's great. Santa there. He's got his his paintbrush and his pipe. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's 
funny. We don't talk about album covers too much other than our, our, our list of the most disturbing album covers, but the, this one might make the most disturbing Christmas album cover. <laughs> it's not that bad, but just there's something about it that gave me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> All right, we're heading back to Detroit. There's a Christmas tree in a window frame Just inside my door But my Christmas tree doesn't look the same As it always has before That's just This is The Temptations, My Christmas Tree. And uh, this is off their Temptations Christmas Card album, another Motown Records. And this one, nice song, it's almost this similar theme to that one we've heard too much of. (laughs) It's on every station. So how many temptations were there? Uh, is it five of them? Well, who's doing the lead on this? I, who are they? I, I forget. Well, David Ruffin was the guy that did the uh, most of the lead vocals. Yeah, I don't think this is David Ruffin. No. Is it Tito Ruffin? <laughs> no. It's Eddie Kendricks. It's funny we can name all the Jackson Five, but we can't. can't well, yeah, Napoleon. <laughs> yeah, Marlin. I'm sorry, Marlin. <laughs> I've never heard this one. You know, great use of like the mini Glockenspiel, and um, of course. Yeah. the sleigh bells in, in this right there it's it's listening to in headphones too it's nice that you got the string instrument on one side and you got the bells on the other mm-hmm. i think barry gordy was able to afford another cadillac with this lp maybe five <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is great Yeah, my father had gotten from somewhere this this like compilation CD of Christmas songs, and it had this one, and also the uh, the Rudolph and the Temptations. It also had the I I yes go nuts at Christmas Yorgi Yorgi Jorgensen Jorgensen from last year. So it, it's not this one here, is it? Uh, no, no. It was like a generic one. It was almost like something yeah. given to radio stations. I, well, I, this I this one is Happy here. Holidays, the 30th anniversary, the true value Christmas <laughs> record. Oh, nice. Okay. Hardware store? I, I bought this at the hardware store. Oh, nice. Yeah. Probably like this 
the second Christmas we uh, were living here. So yeah. this is. Uh, I don't. I don't know that Lowe's or Home Depot ever put out a Christmas album. Well, the, first, <laughs> the first. The first track is God. Yes. Gosh, help me out. God. God. Yep. Oh my God! I got Jorgensen on my mind. God rest ye, merry gentlemen. The uh, orchestra true value. Oh. <laughs> Barry Manilow, Mormon Tabernacle, <laughs> Stephen Curtis Chapman, George Strait, Dave Koz, Ronnie Millstap, Illish Supply, Dion, Al Green, Carney and Wendy Wilson, and John Barry. Oh, more more modern one. You know, it made me think of the the, the Gilligan's Island Harold Hecuba episode where they you yeah. know they were going to put on the musical and they were trying to decide you know based on the books that I think the professor had or something like, which one are we going to do before they figured out Hamlet? <laughs> and, <laughs> and Gilligan picks up Carpenter's handbook and he goes, oh, can you, you know, the saw, you could do blam, blam, blam. <laughs> <laughs> So this is a repeat song. But this is the the leader of the Kenny Rogers Roaster Empire. <laughs> Kenny Rogers. The gambler. That's right. So I, I went out to the internet where you go find everything now. And uh I searched for Christmas records of the 70s, and you didn't have Kenny Rogers on the list. I know how you love country music so much, and uh, but he's crossover, you know. Yeah. And uh, when's the last time you got hit by a dog? Uh. I don't know. <laughs> when I had a paper route, maybe I had when I, I got bit by a German Shepherd on my paper route. Yeah, yeah. I'd say I got nipped by some little yapper dog. Yeah, one of the dogs upstairs. What kind of dogs do you have, anyway? One's a Schnoodle, which is a uh, it's a Schnoodle, a Schnauzer Poodle. Okay. Okay. All right. That's the older dog. Good dog. And the other one's a Maltese something mix. Good dog. But he's very protective of the lady I'm related to by marriage. And so if I just walk up to go to the other side of the room and I get anywhere near my wife, the dog attacks my slippers. Devil Dog, the Hound of Hell, Tuesday at 9, 8 Central and Mountain, right after the paper chase. Good dog. <laughs> yeah, I've, I never owned a dog. My sister's got a black lab. Jete uh-huh. is her name. She's a term for ballet dancing when you jump. It's been an episode of My Three Sons where Robbie wanted to make the track team to do the hurdles and he couldn't do it so he took ballet lessons and he's doing the tryout and his girlfriend's yelling jete every time he goes (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember that one so this is a nice middle of the road christmas song 
And yeah. I, 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 I kind of, you know, Kenny Rogers, he's, he's the gambler. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I like that one. I, it, uh, again, uh, that would be great in the background at a, at a mm -hmm. Christmas party or, or opening up the presents. All right. On to number 14 out of 21. I said 22 earlier. I, I was roo, roo, roo. <laughs> Okay. This is NRBQ, Christmas Wish, and this came out in the 70s. Um, my, one of my favorite bands that no one's ever heard of. And uh, this was actually written by Joey Spompanato. Uh, it was copywritten or recorded in 1979. So this has uh, Terry, Big Al, Joey, and Tommy. Yeah, and I'm, we're looking at the album cover here, and it's a picture of those four guys, I guess. You could probably name them, but uh, they're dressed in kind of their PJs, like it's Christmas morning, and they got their instruments. It looks like they got those as gifts. There's a little train set up in front, too. I'm glad they're, bottom right. yeah, I'm glad they're in pajamas and not just a bathrobe like Nielsen. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks as though uh, next to Terry there, he's got an accordion. Yeah. There's a, it's like there's a 10 amp uh, amplifier. Oh, okay. I thought it was one of like a car battery charger. <laughs> That's right. So Tommy's got a new drum kit that says NRBQ written in candy cane, and Joey's got an upright bass, and Big Al is sitting behind a clavinet with a, with a guitar yeah uh, what was uh, i'm sorry was the drummer's name again he tommy he's got a classic i'll say mid-70s rock look <laughs> he looks Big, like puffy curly dark hair mustache he looks like a guy uh who's the guy in boston brad yeah Bill. brad Delper. i was i was thinking of boston exactly when i saw him yeah nice i know you recommended this album to uh to nate i should i should listen to some more tracks off of this one too yeah i think i sent it to him last christmas so so this is another one i chose So this was actually the uh, best-selling best Christmas album of uh, 1979, and it's John Denver and the Muppets, A Christmas Together. Little St. Nick, which was um, 
a Beach Boys song. That's right. And I always crack up at the line, Christmas comes this time each year. (laughs) So... So I don't think that John Denver is actually on this song. Yeah. He's at a speed with a half a dozen deer. Is that Cookie Monster? He's gotta wear his goggles because the snow really flies. I think it's um, Dr. <laughs> Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Uh-huh. I think it's the Animal. Oh, Animal, okay. Yeah, the cover had, uh, I don't know that I could name. Oh, there's Fozzie Bear. Fozzie Bear. Kermit, Miss Piggy. Oh, that's Little Kermit. Little Kermit, yeah. There's Kermit, Kermit. This is, who's that guy? That Gonzo? The guy with the big nose over here. Uh, I, I, I forget. Then you got John Denver in the middle, and uh, John Denver's kind of dressed. He's got the top hat like a, a Dickens character. Yeah. Was it Scooter? Oh no, the Great Gonzo. Is that the Great Gonzo? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Whatever <laughs> it was, I was apologizing at the end. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that so, album was huge in 79. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to go to Hollywood. One of Gail's favorites, I think. Yeah. Dashing through the snow in a one horse open sleigh. The fields we go Laughing all the way Bills on bobtail rings This is the Partridge family of their album A Partridge Family Christmas um, Excuse me A Partridge Family Christmas Card From 1971 Jingle Bells so on the cover, Shirley Jones is looking over her right shoulder at the camera as she's putting an ornament on the tree, and Keith, David Cassidy, is putting something up looking at the tree, and uh, Lori is uh, sitting in a chair to the left side of the fireplace. They all have uh, stockings up, and she's got a gift, and looks as though she's trying to tell Danny to knock it off. Got his mouth open, and meanwhile, uh, the rest—I <laughs> forget their names. Yeah, uh, have look, gifts. Looks like Danny's opening like a cigar box. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> now, I'm sure the Wrecking Crew did did this music, and uh, yeah. David Cassidy sounds great. And 
Yeah, so interestingly, um, the Brady Bunch also had a Christmas album, but I didn't want to include anything because it was like none of the cast members were on it. It was just like they had a chorus of kids singing songs. <laughs> Remember when uh, Mrs. Brady lost her voice? Oh, yeah, that was on recently, actually. Yeah, and if there was a flashback to it in the movie last night where Cindy asked Santa to, for her mother to get her voice back. And so they had fake Cindy in the movie in 1988 uh, with a flashback. So. That's when that was, 1988. Huh? Yeah. I, I did not see it when it first came out. I, it took me, what, 30, right. 35 years to see it? I just, I just remember somebody back then going, friend of mine or something, saying, boy, Marsha still looked good. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. What was she? She was, what, 30 years old? Yeah. 35 years old? All right. Yeah, so that was, yeah, the top Christmas album of 1971 was a, a Partridge Family Christmas card. Of course, the, the show was at its peak then. Jingle Bells was written in 1850 by James Lord Pierpont at Simpson Tavern in Medford, Massachusetts. And it was published under the title The One Horse Open Sleigh in September mm. of 1857. So I think that's uh, one of the oldest, uh, second oldest song we have in, the, in our uh, little Christmas episode here. It's Graceland. It is. Bells ring. Are you listening? It's great. In the These and the Motown ones earlier all have like bouncing ball, um, karaoke uh, words coming up on them. It's like if you don't know these words, you can you haven't been alive. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like they're showing the inside of Graceland. I don't know. Have yeah. you ever been to Graceland? I've been to Graceland twice. So never yes. to the building because it costs too much. I went to the uh, the uh, gift shop across the street twice. Because uh, they're showing some stuff and uh, they showed a decorated room inside after they showed the outside. So I'm not sure if it's. Well, this could have been anywhere, but uh, yeah. Unless they're going to show the jungle room. Uh, <laughs> So one one thing, if you go to the uh, gift shop across the street from Graceland on Elvis Presley Boulevard, his Convair 770 is there, and I walk through it. it, it and it has the uh, his logo, taking care of business on the tail. So, I, I think I think I I'm well enough now to to go through. I think in 1980. Seven, it was like 25 bucks and I was going cross country that was 25 bucks I didn't have to spend yeah so then, uh, yeah go ahead yeah so this is Winter Wonderland um, off uh, Elvis Things The Wonderful World of Christmas in 1971 and that was the top Christmas album of 1973 and it, popular a few years later and this was written in 1934 
<laughs> Big Elvis finish there. Uh, this was written by Felix Bernard, and the lyricist was Richard Bernard Smith. Kind of like good. that. Good, good Elvis uh, take on a, an old classic. Yeah, I don't think that's on my. Uh, I have the Elvis Christmas record. I've been on vinyl, and I also have the CD version, and I don't think that's on there. Yeah, he he put out several. I think he had actually a bigger album in the sixties. Uh, yeah, Christmas that's that's songs. what I'm thinking about. Yep. Okay, back back to the West Coast. This is Christmas Waltz by the Carpenters off their Christmas Portrait album, uh, top album of 1978. And so this was written by Sammy Kahn and Julie Stein for Frank Sinatra, who recorded it in 1954 as the B-side of a new recording of White Christmas he did. And I'm familiar with that version. That's really nice. Mm -hmm. Well, Looking at this cover again, one thing I'm happy about is <clears throat> Norman Rockwell did not give Santa plumber's crap here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a shirt tucked in, but he's wearing a vest that's riding up his back. That's right. He must he must have gone to a Duluth Trading or whatever it is and gotten the... Yeah. It's the, funny. I just noticed, too, that you got the portrait being painted almost done and then you got a little photograph on the bottom right yeah it looks like it's an actual picture but it looks like it's reversed right karen's yeah. lower on the left and then there's yeah. a santa claus hat on the top of the canvas yeah <laughs> kind of over richard yeah and there's all the the credits on a big piece of paper tacked to the wall on the left that's nice. Yeah, I really like the Sinatra version, but that's that's nice. Yeah, it, it showcases Karen's voice, which is uh, you know you you can't deny how good she was. All right, we're gonna go up the five and back to Hollywood now. Little French horn. My aunt played the French horn. Did you did you play the accordion? Uh, I no no. Uh, your your mom did though, right? And my father. And your father. Yeah, because I I was uh, I had lunch with Mike T again and stopped by his house and he's plays guitar a little bit and then I said. Uh, you know, are you and your wife, now that you're both retired, gonna you know have a husband and wife band and perform? And he goes, Oh, actually, she's the musical one. And she, oh, wow. she plays the accordion. And I'm like, this is like the fourth person I know that plays the accordion. Our, our I have co- one. Our co-worker Tom S plays yep. the accordion. Uh 
My friend, uh, Zabignu, who's the brother of uh, Chris, who, who yeah. worked with us, who did the, yeah. the diagrams, the pictures. <laughs> that <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And then uh, I thought you, but your family, certainly. Yeah. When we cleaned out the house, there were nine accordions in the house. Wow. And uh, I have my father's first. They were all distributed. So, so this is yeah, my Christmas card to you by the Partridge family again off the a Partridge family Christmas card, top selling album of 1971, Christmas album, and it was written by Tony Romeo. And he is, <laughs> yeah, not Tony Romo, Tony Romeo, and uh, he's best known for writing the number one hit, "I Think I Love You." Oh wow, good tune. I could picture them doing this on the show. Oh, yeah. And Ruben Kincaid, like, on the side, like, counting money. <laughs> yeah, but smiling. <laughs> That's right. That's a nice song. I never heard it before. Yeah, yeah, nice to hear some, some sort of different original stuff. this is <laughs> and and on a scale of uh, what is it <laughs> one to two <laughs> one to two <laughs> i think this is not enough <laughs> not enough wait. wait till he takes you to the bridge bobby bird nice, nice call out bobby i need help James Brown spricht Gesang. That much is true, but the new one is called Loud. You know, play a groove and play it loud. And jump back and do the boogaloo and things, you know, kind of go back and reminisce a little bit. <laughs> Reminds me, I'm looking over my left shoulder, I'm digging that jump, you know. The guy used to play so much alto, and piano, and drums, and everything. Did everything. Hey, and that, do your thing over there, so we can get ready to get down. You want to say a few words on that? You ready for it? Yeah. You ready, brother? Come on. 
<laughs> so was that Matt Jones he said? <laughs> yeah. Because he's the one that wrote this song. Yeah, it's written by Jones slash Jones. Yeah. It's my, my CD here. Yeah, I was going to ask if you had the album because that's all I could find was written by Jones. It says Jones slash Jones. So there's, there's no other credits in it. But I have James Brown, Christmas Record Santa's got a brand new bag. And I've had this for almost 35 years. Always on at Christmas time. Yeah, this was uh, Go Power at Christmas time. Actually, off his Hey America Christmas album in 1970. Well, no, that the song was Hey America. Oh. Did I do the wrong one? No, no, I I got confused by the the song and the album. Oh, okay. No, that's good. It was uh, King Records from what I had, but I don't know what you have there on the actual CD. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So hold on a second. So here's James Brown wearing a Santa Claus suit on the front cover, smiling with his arms up like, you know, he just won a boxing match with uh, <laughs> the heat miser. <laughs> and says, hey, America, King single number 6339, 1970 is nom era message song that binds the holiday anti-war civil rights movements into a utopian vision of global social mores. Powerful, funky superb okay absolutely <laughs> yeah <laughs> and this was written by johnny whiteside so i don't know who he is so but uh, no this is this is a must-have uh for your christmas uh record collection i i believe yeah yeah, yeah i like that one get you in that funky christmas spirit that's right well this is it here here's our last one yeah okay Here's the inside of Graceland again. Looks like the same video that we saw earlier. Yeah, yeah, I mean that. This has to be the oldest song. Yeah, it is. Come, come, all ye faithful, also known as Adeste Fidelis, a Christmas carol that's been attributed to various authors, including John Francis Wade, who lived in 1711 to 1786, and John Redding, 1645 to 1692, and also perhaps King John IV of Portugal, 1604 to 1656. So somewhere along that line, it was created. Should I go get the uh, the Pilgrim Hymnal upstairs and see what it says? <laughs> so is this off the same Elvis LP that came out in 1972? Yeah, Elvis sings the wonderful world of Christmas. Uh, Actually, 1971, but it was number one Christmas album of 1973. And of course, Elvis had a gospel background, so. Oh, yeah. Nice. uh, 
nice backing vocals on this too. Harmonies. They have a a manger set up uh, or a crash at Graceland. Yeah. It also has the karaoke lyrics going by. Nice way to uh, finish out our Christmas selections, I would say. Absolutely. So, so um, you know, we obviously not going to do any ratings or things like that. But any any favorites from this uh, list, and 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 or any any least favorites? Uh, I'd have to say that the uh, Salsa Orchestra would be on my new Christmas mix along with, of course, the, the Motown stuff and NRVQ. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I, I think the weak link kind of in a way, just because of fatigue, it would be the Carpenters and Elvis um, because you hear them all the time. And, and I'm sure that there's other things they'll play, you know, by Motown that you'll hear all the time. But I think we have a nice little, uh, Christmas mix here. Um, so maybe I'll, maybe I'll burn this all onto a CD and put it in the CD machine. Yeah. Does anyone yeah. use CDs anymore? I, I do. Um, yeah, I, I do. Well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't have a turntable <laughs> and I don't, I, you know, I, I, I don't really download that much music. Of course, use the CD player and the computer basically. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I um, I'll tell you what I that that Jackson Five, the two songs we played, makes me want to go out and listen to that whole album. Yeah, yeah, and and of course I love the Motown stuff. The South Soul Orchestra is like a good, you know, change of pace and give you give you some of that, you know, stuff from the seventies, Philly, Philly soul. And uh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Merry Christmas. You gotta love this though. But I know what you want to hear when we get out of here. So. Yeah, yeah. I do have right. one favorite on this list for sure. All right, let me go find that. You know, there's Is it is it this one? It is. Well, I hope you get everything you want for Christmas and your stocking isn't full of coal. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you get to uh, spend time with, uh, with with your family. It's not in person, a telephone call. or Now, you know, you own a Zoom machine, so you can Zoom that. Yeah. So we're... Uh, we're having Christmas here on the uh, on the thirtieth because of plans. So, uh, but on Christmas Day, we'll 
think my mother-in-law will be coming over and we'll have a, we'll have a good time. That's good. I've got invited to my niece uh, Kelly's. Uh, Going to spend it with uh, her and her husband Mike, and my nephew Kevin, and his wife Alyssa, and my brother-in-law Dan. So nice. should be should be nice. I'm glad I'm still close to all those uh, all those folks, and uh, it should be great. So I. Uh, I chinned up a little Casey closing statement. I hope we'll be in the spirit. And I think Casey might say, keep praying for peace on earth and keep spreading goodwill towards man. And you can find us on the Twitter machine or the X at 70sweekly or at 70sweekly. Uh, Mark tries to uh, keep everyone informed of what's going on back in the 70s. Um, and thank you for doing that. It's always a treat yeah. <laughs> when I get the time to look at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Excellent. So Merry Christmas, my friend. It's been a lot of fun this year doing this podcast uh, as, as it has been uh, since we started. And I hope mm-hmm. you have a good Christmas and a happy new year. All right. Merry Christmas, everyone out there in podcast land.